Chaucer at the Court of Edward III by Ford Maddox Brown is the first oil painting acquired by the Art College of New South Wales and it remains the most important European painting in the collection. It's a picture about the English language and it's a picture which nowadays you could say was about defining national cultural identity. It's about identity defined through language and literature but in a way it's also about creating a new national identity in terms of the visual arts. The picture belongs to precisely the moment in British painting when there was a break with the past and an aspiration to formulate a new art for a new age. The picture had a long genesis. It was first conceived in 1845 and finally exhibited at the Royal Academy in 1851. The artist gave us a detailed description which tells you who everyone is in the painting and he also kept a diary which gives almost a day-by-day account of his work on the painting. This also tells you who many of the sitters were, which is interesting because some of them were fellow artists. But this information is all set out on a board in the gallery, so I won't go into that here. The inspiration for the subject, Brown tells us this in his diary, came from reading one day that it was Chaucer, under Edward III, who first elevated the English language from the common vernacular into the language of literature. And from this, an image crystallised in Brown's mind of Chaucer reading his poetry to the king and his court. In his imagination, the artist put his finger on that moment when the English language was, for the very first time, appreciated as literature. In fact, that scene was to be just the centrepiece of his picture. Originally, there were to be wings with images of other great English poets. But daunted by the huge scale of the task, the artist in the end retained only the central panel. But there's an interesting oil sketch in the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford which shows the whole design as originally conceived. So why this sudden interest in medieval British history and in the origins of English literature is not the sort of thing that British artists have painted before. An important part of the answer lies in the fact that there had just been a series of competitions for mural paintings in the Houses of Parliament in which Brown had been an unsuccessful competitor. The London Houses of Parliament, then newly built, were very odd, of course. They were built not in a modern, but in a medieval style. They're part of that phenomenon known as the Gothic Revival. And so a medieval subject would be appropriate, and a medieval subject with patriotic overtones would be perfection. I think Brown's picture, in a way, is the picture he felt he ought to have been commissioned to paint for the Houses of Parliament. But whatever he felt about this, it seems clear that he was painting the picture which seemed the right one for that moment. And that moment was one which required an assertion of national identity. We are still early in the reign of Queen Victoria. The French had been defeated at Waterloo some 30 years earlier. Europe was at peace. Now this was a moment of almost unprecedented prosperity and optimism. The year that Brown's painting was exhibited was the year of the Great Exhibition, the first great world fair, the first global technology event hosted in the futuristic iron and glass crystal palace in London's Hyde Park, Britain was just bursting with confidence, but what was lacking was an appropriately self-confident sense of cultural identity. And you'll see what I mean if you look at John Gibson's marble sculpture, Hunter and Dog, standing in front of the Ford Maddox Brown, you just have to turn to your left and look into the next room, and it's in the centre of that room. A version of this sculpture was one of the exhibits at the Great Exhibition, but it's a piece of pure neoclassicism. It's a marble sculpture conceived entirely in terms of ancient Roman statuary. A beautiful piece of neoclassical sculpture, but it feels as if it comes from an era long before that of Queen Victoria. So let's try drawing these threads together. Chaucer at the court of Edward III is a big statement, as I've said, of national identity, defined through language and literature. 
Everyone who saw this picture knew that even if Britain hadn't produced much to be proud of in the visual arts, it had produced great literature. Chaucer was the fountainhead of that great tradition, and Brown puts a fountain in the centre of his picture. And at an earlier stage, he had called his subject the seeds and fruits of English poetry, and in the landscape in the background he places a sower sowing seed. So we understand that we are the heirs reaping the fruits of that tradition. But there's more to it than that. Brown is also trying to provide Victorian Britain with a new form of painting, and a form of painting which is essentially British and essentially new. And he was not the only artist who felt that way. As he worked on the canvas, there gathered around him a group of talented young artists who, in 1848, got together to found the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood. First there was Dante Gabriel Rossetti, who came to Brown as a sort of self-invited pupil. Rossetti admired a painting by Holman Hunt of the Eve of St Agnes and brought Hunt along to meet Brown as well. And with another brilliant youngster called John Everett Millet and one or two others, the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood was formed in 1848. Brown himself was not a member, but he was so close to the group that he was a member in all but name. The manifesto of Pre-Raphaelitism could be written in one word. It was truth or as Ruskin put it, absolute, uncompromising truth. That is what Brown and his friends wanted to paint. Truth does not necessarily mean painting realistic subjects from contemporary life, but it means painting what you see, unselectively and unidealised, with diligence and sincerity. Brown's painting is not, technically speaking, a pure pre-Raphaelite painting, and the reason for that is, as I've explained, that pre-Raphaelitism was conceived only after Brown started painting the picture. However, as he worked on the painting, Brown was totally caught up with these new ideas and was more and more trying to imbue his picture with the freshness and sincerity of vision which is the essential quality of pre-Raphaelite art. Actually, all you have to do is look at Gibson's Hunter and Dog. When you know that this work was exhibited in the same year, you can immediately see that Ford Maddox Brown was an artist on the cusp of something entirely new. His painting is innovative, and confident and entirely British. So just as Chaucer is speaking the first lines of English poetry, Brown is making one of the first statements in an entirely British visual language.